Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. This is a place where we share how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hi, welcome to episode 20 from Disconnected to Empowered Menstrual Cycles. Today we're speaking to Zara Haji, who is the yoga goddess. Her passion is helping women become more in tune with their bodies and their cycles and their cyclical feminine energies. She created the first online fertility, yoga, and meditation program, which is practiced by women in over 25 countries. She helps women address the often left out psychological and emotional aspects of infertility. She also helps women unlock their inner wisdom about their menstrual moon connection. Today's episode, we're going to get into the power of the menstrual cycle and how we can use our cyclical nature to better improve our health and our fertility. I am so excited about this episode. I love talking about everything that has to do about women's health and womb space. And let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here, Zara. Welcome. And she is this amazing yoga goddess, and she's going to tell us all about what she does and the work that she does with women, which is so powerful. And we all want are so curious about your story. Like, why did you decide to go into this work, and how has this affected your life personally? Well, Corrine, it's a long story, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but um, primarily, you know, when I discovered uh, the connection between women's cycles, women's menstrual cycles, and the lunar cycles, the cycles of the moon, I was quite literally floored. I couldn't believe that as female beings were not educated that, um, you know, the way we change throughout the month, we're actually cycling through four different energies. And it's completely normal to feel outward and social and expansive for half the month, and then feel inward, reclusive, um, and a sense of like, almost like being inhibited and um, antisocial and maybe even like in a dark place for the other half of the month. And what we are taught in, in our kind of culture, which is more like male dominated patriarchal culture is that we should be the same all the time. And consistency is sort of like touted as the, the gold standard well, as feminine cyclical beings, there is a consistency. It just doesn't look linear the way men's energy does or the masculine uh, energy does because lunar energy, just like the seasons, just like women's energy, ebbs and flows, waxes and wanes, grows in terms of light um, for half the month and then retreats towards darkness the second half of the month. And without that knowledge, we literally think, I used to joke like, um, I'm not psycho, I'm cyclical, period. 
um, because we literally think we're crazy and that something's wrong with us for most of our menstruating years until for a lot of women, they stumble upon even like understanding the simple basic biology of the way their cycle works, where you're literally only fertile for like a 24 hour window every month. Um, and the only reason that that window expands is because sperm can live inside the female body for up to five days. So that's how the fertility window actually gets to be longer than 24 hours. But in terms of a woman's body, a woman's body is only fertile for 24 hours. And so very few women even know that about themselves, let alone understanding that they have shifting energy every week and what that means and how to work with it. Yeah, that really resonates with me because I have spent a lot of time learning about my cycle, especially because um, I had really painful menstrual cycles. Did you have a painful cycle or was there something about your cycle that drew you to this work? Yeah, I definitely had painful periods um, growing up. And I also really noticed, like, I remember thinking a lot of the time, like, something's wrong with me, that there's some times of the month where I just feel kind of depressed. And, and that I didn't understand that our energy shifts in this way, and that there is a natural time to be extroverted and outgoing and social and wanting to be with other people. And then there's a natural time to retreat and go inward and reflect um, and want to be alone and want to be by yourself. Um, and that just like in wintertime, you feel that sort of sense of getting cozy and wanting to stay home and being kind of in your, you know, slippers and your in your fuzzy robe and just like staying in bed for as long as possible under the comforter. <laughs> That's so similar to menstruation, the energy of your period where it's this natural time of like retreating and, and just like going deep inside and hibernating almost. And it is in fact, the winter of our cycle is the menstrual period itself. So when I started to understand that map of women's energies, the lunar energies and the seasons, it made me feel like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Because mm -hmm. um, that was really the sense I had that there's something really wrong. And I also thought like, why, it doesn't make sense. Like why would God, the creator, or however you want to think about um, the force that gives life, give purposely give women painful periods like to me that doesn't make sense so I also was like on a mission to figure out like how do we live um in a way with our periods where it doesn't feel like torture so you know discovering uh particularly discovering kundalini yoga and how to use kundalini yoga to regulate the menstrual cycle was really helpful for me in, um, in helping myself uh, reduce the pain, you know, the pain, monthly pain of, um, of menstrual cramps. And also to realize, you know, for me personally, um, I, I terminated a pregnancy when I was 18 
And it was after that that I started to have really painful periods. And so once I made that connection, that some of that, you know, unhealed trauma and loss um, from, from essentially losing a child is still, it's still painful, whether it's by choice um, or circumstance, the loss of a child is always, um, it's a loss of life, right? So, and, you know, I realized after the fact, um, once I get, got into this work, that part of the response was, you know, crying out in these very painful um, menstrual cramps. Um, and I feel like when we dig deeper into um, the, whatever, whatever trauma that we're holding that we may not realize, there's generally a story behind why the pain. So part of the work I do also is looking into that, you know, deeper relationship with our womb and, and kind of listening for what needs to be healed between the heart and womb. Oh, I love that. That's like mm -hmm. a lot of the work I do um, with in the Chinese medicine framework of helping connect um, women's womb space to their heart. And so I love that. And how do you incorporate the multifaceted, because you're so multifaceted in your education and your training, how, what, how do you put it all together for your clients and for yourself? Well, the, I guess the two central pieces that I work with are the menstrual moon connection um, and then kundalini yoga and meditation. So those are the primary kind of tools, I guess, that um, I'm using when I'm working with clients. Um, so, you know, the menstrual moon connection, as I, as I sort of started talking about earlier, is, is, is really, in big part, it's normalizing women's cyclical natures, giving a context as to the shifting energies and how they work, but also giving women a, a way of relating to their cycle from a much more uplifting and energizing and also like uh, a space of like acceptance and uh, kindness and generosity so many of us are are taught to feel like a something's wrong or b um you know we're not doing enough we're somehow uh we feel guilty when we're not always on or always producing so i feel like we all need a healthy dose of compassion um, as people not just as women around there's a natural time of, of productivity and to-do lists and checking them off and feeling really action-oriented. Um, and in Chinese medicine, I'm sure you have a framework to look at this as well. So that yang state of energy, of being, and then there's a natural time of, of the fallow, of the letting go, of the releasing, uh, turning inward, becoming reflective of that yin receptivity energy. Um, so if we think of like spring and summer as the abundance, you know, time of like energy starts moving, we feel excited, we feel enthusiastic in spring. 
uh, summer is like full blossoming abundance and there's a sense of like um, the sense of like wow everything is bright and everything there's like all this life and you want to be out and you want to be social so that's like pre-ovulation energy of the maiden which is like springtime where we're initiating and starting new and there's this en renewed enthusiasm and energy and then ovulation which is our fertile time where we're at full blossom we're at this place of expansion and it's a great time to be connecting and uh, nurturing relationships nurturing ourselves and then you know the energy of the fall where the leaves start to fall off the trees and we we feel like this the darkening of the the days and more cold and there's a sense of um, review and revision and looking back like the years you know coming to a close so that's like our premenstrual time um, and then the the winter where you know in you know the part of the world that I live in in Toronto uh, the east coast where everything's like gets frozen and there's snow and like life slows down and there's almost a sense of pause and that's like our period you know it's really meant to be a time for going inward letting yourself become meditative of looking at uh, what you learned in your premenstrual review time of what's not working or what you want to let go of and release and then committing to that change um, in your menstrual phase so that when you come out in pre-ovulation you come out with that full force of energy to implement whatever change you're you're initiating so we can literally use our cycle as this natural um, almost like a project management tool in a way it's such a great life coaching tool um, because it's built in literally into our wombs into our psyches and into our hormones uh, so when we learn how to flow with those changes it's so empowering um, to be able to work with your feminine energy versus feel like you're limited by it or you're somehow um, you know working against it when you it's really this is really the essence I think of flowing with the feminine um, so that's a huge part of my work and then also the the working with kundalini yoga and meditation is really where the healing uh, at a deep like metaphysical level happens um, because it's such a powerful practice of shifting um, shifting hormones shifting um, the energetic way that we experience ourselves and and, and how we relate to the world um, so a lot of healing happens in a kundalini yoga practice that is is less at the conscious level and more at the uh, you know unspoken unconscious level um, so having this more like uh, iterative like a conversation with your cycle and then the more uh, working sort of energetically with kundalini yoga and meditation I feel like is, is a perfect marriage of what's more on the conscious level like bringing into consciousness this relational um, way of relating to your cycle and then doing that sort of the energetic physical both physical and energetic 
and spiritual work of healing through kundalini yoga and meditation makes it a really beautiful um, blend of um, I think of the two of two of the two ways of working that I use to heal the feminine. Well, I love that, and it just got me thinking about because I'm a firm believer in this, and I actually plan events around my menstrual cycle because I know when mm -hmm. I have the most energy and when I don't. Yeah. And so for me, like the luteal phase, I try not to do much because I know that's when I'm the most tired, and I like to do things like preovulation. That's like my time when I shine. Yeah. And so what do you, how do you communicate this to the listeners out there that are not familiar with their cycle they, or they're on the pill and they don't know how to start the process of maybe just doing, incorporating a simple thing that they can do in their daily life to really start to connect to their womb in a different way? Well, I mean, a really simple practice is just starting to notice with which phase of the moon you're getting your period. So a lot of people actually find me because they realize, oh my God, I'm getting my period with a full moon. Um, or that's the, the most apparent one because when the moon is full in the sky, you generally, you notice it. And it's been really interesting because in the last about five or seven years, that consciousness like of women realizing that, oh my God, there's a connection between my menstrual cycle and the moon is happening much more organically. Mm -hmm. um, and literally people are Googling it and that's how they find me. So a really simple starting point is to just notice like in which phase the moon is when your period starts. Okay. And then for what about the women that are on the pill? Because they're not necessarily getting a a quote unquote real cycle or real period. Exactly. Yeah. So for those who are medic having a medically managed cycle, the shifts are much more subtle and sometimes imperceptible. Um, but the same thing goes, what I find with women who are on the pill or are having their cycle medically managed in some other way, um, the moon becomes more of a let's say compass uh for you rather than your own cycle because essentially you're not cycling anymore when ovulation is being suppressed uh when you're on hormonal contraception well then you're you're basically your body is not producing any of the hormones related to ovulation or menstruation so in that case, because you're overriding your body's cycle with medication, in that case, the moon actually becomes a better um, guide, if you will. So noticing at the full moon, is your energy more expansive, brighter, fuller? Do you feel more sexual? Do you feel more um, kind of like, alive and at your peak um, and around the new moon do you feel like really tired really more like withdrawn and a sense of interiority do you feel like staying in bed do you feel like with you know withdrawing and retreating from the world um, so that's the easiest way to do it if you're if you're on the pill or if you're taking any other hormonal contraception because effectively 
you're not cycling at all. Mm. And what about menopause? Because I find that some women they're no longer bleeding, but they're still cycling. They have their mm-hmm. own cycle in menopause, which I found to be quite fascinating. Yeah. And again, I, I, I always ask women in menopause to look at where they are in relationship with the moon. So whether there's two cycles, two predominant cycles, the red moon cycle and the white moon cycle. And the red moon cycle means that you're getting your period with the full moon. And the white moon cycle means you're getting your period with the new moon. And, and then your the energy of expansion and withdrawal of half of your cycle is going to vary, right? So if you're on the red moon cycle and you're bleeding with the full moon, then essentially when the moon is darkening, your energy is growing. And when the moon is retreating, um, sorry, I said that already. So when the moon is darkening, your energy is growing. And when the moon is growing towards its brightness, your energy is declining. So it's opposite from the, the way the moon works. And in the white moon cycle, you follow the moon's energy. So like you ovulate with the full moon, meaning when the earth is most fertile and abundant and at its like brightest energy, so are you because that's when your body is ovulating. And when the moon darkens and goes inward and you can't see it in the sky anymore, in a way, and you're getting your period, then again, you're following the energy of the moon. So um, when a woman doesn't get her period anymore, it's interesting to see, is her energy the highest at the full moon? Then, you know, energetically, she's following the white moon cycle, which most menopausal women are. Uh, from what I've seen in terms of the women I've spoken to, or is your energy feeling the brightest at the new moon, which would energetically put you um, on the red moon cycle? Interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but like you can switch because I feel like at some point I was a red moon and now I'm back to white, which yeah. I prefer. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, like I've noticed like when they switch and why. I'm like, how did that happen? I don't know, maybe sometimes being around different women, they pull you into their cycle and your cycle shifts. So mm-hmm. it's also kind of interesting to see like what happens as we menstruate and how it flows and all of that. Yeah, we've done some sort of further investigation and looked at like there isn't just two cycles, right? Some people, some people menstruate with the uh, crescent moon waxing. Mm-hmm. Some people menstruate with the waning moon. So we kind of took a deeper dive and looked at like, what does it mean? What's the correlation between what's happening in your life and which moon phase you're menstruating with? And we found that a lot of women who menstruate with the uh, red moon cycle are healers and um, kind of women who are not necessarily, their lives are not necessarily focused on creating a family, rather on inspiring and leading and guiding others. Mm. Um, They're often like wisdom keepers and midwives of their communities and following sort of a soul's mission for healing. 
And then women who typically menstruate with the light moon cycle are following more traditional roles of um, nurturing and caregiving and raising a family and tending uh, to a home. And often uh, a woman's cycle will even flip when she's trying to get pregnant to a white moon cycle um, because the energy turns towards the creation of family. Um, so it's really interesting when you look at the significance of the cycle, the moon phase that you're menstruating with and how that's reflected in the focus of your life. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. And so do you work primarily with groups, individual? Like how, how do you um, present your work to the world? Well, in two ways. So if you go to my website, yogagoddess.ca, um, the one of the main ways I work with women is around fertility. So I have a, a fertility yoga program that's designed specifically for women who are trying to conceive um, and want to balance hormones and also want to kind of repair the relationship between their heart and womb. Um, oftentimes when there's infertility, there's some kind of disconnect with the feminine that needs, or that's asking to be repaired um, before that woman goes on to become pregnant. So that's one of the ways that I work. And that's really, um, you know, it's not a group program, it's individual. So we have a, a Facebook community where you can connect with other women in the program, but primarily it's a self-paced program that you do from home. Okay. Um, yeah, and I also work uh, with a beautiful yoga teacher training program um, with Yoga Farm, which is out of Ithaca, New York. And so for those who um, are looking to do basically like learning how to teach this information or wanting to like do a deep dive uh, with learning about their moon cycles and menstrual cycles in relationship to Kundalini Yoga, um, then I teach as part of their certification program in their 300-hour advanced yoga teacher training. Um, and then for those who are kind of looking for something that's more in between, um, I do have programs um, from Yoga Goddess. I'm actually releasing a new program next year in uh, the spring of 2021 called Living in Sync with Your Menstrual Moon Cycle. Um, yeah, so that's not completely finalized yet, but I'll, I'll give away a little bit of um, what's going to be included in that is a workbook where you can actually start to track your cycle with the moon um, and see, you know, what's your relationship with the, in terms of your cycle, are you on the red moon? the white moon, the pink moon, or the purple moon cycle. Um, there's reflection questions. So you're setting your intention for each, uh, each week of your cycle and you're tracking using the track. We have tracking tables and you're looking at like how you feel and what physical symptoms, emotional symptoms, um, psychological symptoms that you feel about, you know, around your sexuality, around, um, your cravings, like all, we look at all these different aspects week to week in your cycle, and there's different yoga that you do based on where you're in your cycle. So 
the workbook's really comprehensive um, and something that right now we're using in the teacher training, but I want to eventually offer it through uh, Yoga Goddess to my, to my community as well. Wow, that sounds amazing. Thank I you. am excited for that. You got to let me know when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're going to go into the infinite love questions. So how do you use love in, in your work? Well, Corrine, I feel like um, I feel like I couldn't do this work <laughs> without love. Um, I feel like a big part of of how uh, Moon Goddess, which is my signature fertility yoga and meditation program, really came to be, um, was through an like inspiration of the divine, uh, the divine feminine. And I feel like the divine feminine is essentially about love. And it's such a, it's, it's so much of us, so many of us have, I feel like lacked love and nurture through our own lives and primarily our upbringings. Um, And when it comes to questions of fertility and sexuality, we really need love for healing. Um, So I think that when we work with the energy of the feminine, we're essentially channeling an energy of love. So whether that's through uh, bringing love to our cyclical natures through understanding and awareness and acceptance and compassion, or whether that's love through um, connecting to the breath and the womb and healing, uh, whether it's through yoga, like the yoga that I teach or any other kind of yoga or meditation, it's all in service of love. Beautiful. Okay. How is your work used to serve humanity? Well, I think the main way is bringing this awareness of, you know, we're not cycle, we're not psycho, we're cyclical. Um, And it's all about our periods and understanding that um, as a collective, when we kind of classify uh, something that's biological and something that is natural and what actually sustains life on the earth. Like nobody is born in this world as of yet uh, without a womb. Like you have to come through a womb. They haven't, technology still hasn't found a way to bypass the womb. So when we, when we take away, when we kind of, uh, when the feminine became like the dignity of the feminine was taken away, we took away the dignity of life. So for humankind, as we restore the dignity of the feminine, the sacredness of the feminine, we are doing a service for all of humanity because all of humanity is born of the feminine. Right. Correct. So heal the woman, heal the world. So what does it mean to you to be a positive force of goodness in this world? Hmm. I mean, 
I suppose um, a lot of the work that I've done over my lifetime um, has helped me realize, like I think a lot of us, um, you know, I'm also a psychotherapist. So um, I do a lot of work um, around healing childhood wounds and the wounds of attachment um, in childhood when our when our needs are not emotional needs are not met um, there's this real sense of that we are not good and we are not good enough um, and that's a perpetual wound that so many of us live with and are constantly trying to battle with so I think what I realized uh, you know not too long ago is that through the work, through expressing the work that I do in the world, I was essentially trying to find my goodness and trying to recognize my goodness. So for me, it's been a very personal experience of understanding my goodness on a personal level through the good that I uh, put out in the world to heal the wound from childhood that told me I was bad. Uh, so that's been my experience um, of of that of that sort of placing goodness in for like locating goodness in myself in relationship to the world. Yeah, that's important because like give a healing, you get a healing. So being able to heal yourself and heal others, it's a beautiful cycle. Mm -hmm. So what do you love most about your life? I think what I love most is that I'm literally um, living uh, like a living embodiment and expression of um, of what I teach <laughs> uh, in the world. Like I get to live my dharma. I get to live my what I believe is sacred of the feminine and the healing that I have done for myself in my life. I get to share it with the world. And I feel like um, that's a great blessing and a gift that not everybody or very few people actually get to live um, their soul's purpose. And I feel like I've, I've got to do that. Yeah, it's a blessing for mm -hmm. sure. How do you feel you receive love? Um. In, in many different ways. Uh, so at a very personal level, I think um, like an intimate level for me, receiving love looks like um, having space held for me, um, listening, um, and really being present um, and a sense of like really being taken in by another for me is my experience of love. Beautiful. When do you feel the most love? Hmm. Right now, it's probably with my baby nephew because <laughs> 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 it's really easy to feel love there. Um, 
But I think the other place where I really feel, I really feel love. I mean, there's lots of places. So definitely like when I'm teaching, uh, when I'm teaching yoga, when I'm, when I'm witnessing somebody else's process of healing is really when I feel so much love, so much like appreciation, so much a sense of like awe and admiration uh, and res deep respect is as a witness, uh, like whether it's with a psychotherapy client or a coaching client or a yoga student, um, when I see somebody in their process and coming into their own connection with self and like whether it's forgiveness, mostly it's compassion uh, and holding themselves with compassion and understanding, that's really when I feel so much love. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that feeling of seeing people's like lights turn on. It's like mm -hmm. so exciting. And my last question is, where has love created a miracle in your life? Ah, well, <laughs> most recently, where has love created a miracle in my life? I mean, I, I would definitely say my nephew feels like um, a miracle born out of love, and I think all babies are. Um, but it, like, personal to me, um, it is a very long story, but let's just say that um, about two years ago, I had a really, really hard um, year, 2018, where I was personally trying to get pregnant, um, and my partner and I uh, separated. I decided to try and get pregnant on my own, and everything looked like it was going perfectly, and then all of a sudden, everything kind of, um, I was doing an IVF cycle, and it stopped, and it was sort of like this, I was on this precipice of falling into, falling into a deep, dark hole of despair um, or not. <laughs> and there was sort of this divine intervention that happened through a friend who never gives me advice telling me, you know, Zara, you should do this. So I did that thing that he told me to do. And I ended up in Asheville, North Carolina. I went to an Abraham Hicks seminar, which is the, the thing I wanted to do. Um, had it not been conflicting that weekend with the IVF. So in the end, I went to Asheville, had an amazing experience. Uh, I saw Esther Hicks live uh, channeling Abraham and sat in the hot seat and, and, and got to ask my question. And then that very afternoon, um, you know, without any kind of sense of looking for it, I met the most incredible man. Uh, I would say the closest I ever came to meeting the perfect match to me, for me, I should say. And it felt like, you know, the hands of the divine I had to go through that entire, the, the relationship, all of the trauma related to my ex relationship and that trauma of a failed IVF for the universe. It felt like, you know, the, the divine's hand taking me from Toronto 
and and he was from Atlanta. So taking him from Atlanta and plopping us both on a street corner in Asheville, North Carolina at a red light where I just happened to smile and say hi, which I don't normally do to a complete stranger. But I was like, I don't know, for me traveling to the States um, and especially the South, I feel the friendliness of people. So as people are more friendly, I'm more friendly. So I was saying hi to basically everyone. And that resulted in like the most amazing love story <laughs> of probably my life that year. Um, and then, you know, Corona happens. So, <laughs> um, but it's, it was the most incredible experience of my life because I stood on the precipice of either deep, dark despair and feeling like my life had no meaning and was over to, to deciding to do this other thing and having a whole other story take off from there that lasted for a year. And um, yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love stories like that because it always <laughs> affirms that God has the master plan for your life. And once you're able to surrender to your life, then you're always led in these miraculous ways that you would have never anticipated. Never in a million years. <laughs> yeah, it's, it always boggles my mind. And then it, when then I look back, I'm like, why did I even fight? I should have just surrendered to begin with. But then again, you, don't, you won't get that lesson unless you go through whatever you need to go through. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes um, surrender, I feel like, is one of the hardest lessons to learn from life. Um, and it's a huge, huge part of the feminine. And yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's my, uh, it's my theme, surrender. Constantly figuring out how I can surrender more, how I can be accepting myself more and getting into that receptive mode. Yeah. And being able to just allow myself to receive. Because I find that to be the hardest as like an alpha person. I just want to go, 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 go. Yep. And it's the opposite of my nature, which is to really just receive. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I celebrate you, Corrine, for taking your luteal phase or <laughs> withdrawing because that's big. Well, you know, honestly, I didn't have a choice in the matter because my body just starts to shut down. Like even today is like pretty much day one of my cycle or maybe tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But either way, I'm about to bleed. And the, today is a day where I just... I'm I mean, I'm glad that you're like the perfect person to talk to today, but normally I probably wouldn't have scheduled something today. Right. And just having this conversation with you, I'm like, you know what? I need to be more mindful about my period and put it on my calendar. And when I start yep. scheduling, be very mindful of where I put things because yep. this conversation was very soft and soothing. But if it was a more of an intense conversation, I don't know if I would have been able to handle it, you know, because I would have yeah. been like, this is too much. <laughs> Yeah. And you bring up such a good point because I literally just did that because I had the same experience last month and I'm like, no, I can't do this anymore. I teach this stuff, man. <laughs> so it's time to start scheduling, you know, right before my period, two days and the day of my period, I feel like half a day. And then by the afternoon, I'm actually good of day one. Mm -hmm. But those two days leading up, it's like torture to yeah. like get up and do the things. I agree. It's really hard. And it's interesting because I used to have a very painful menstrual cycle in my 20s and teens. And now mm. I don't have pain. I just have fatigue. Yeah. Like I'm just like white. So, so people are talking to me and I'm just like, my brain is shutting down. Yep. I just want to lie down and yep. watch Pride and Prejudice. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, Netflix, take me away. Yeah, exactly. And and being an entrepreneur, I feel guilty. I feel like I should be working. I have so much things to do. I have my, you know, there's a long list. And another part of me is like, I'm so much more productive. And another time in a few days, like by the time I bleed in two, three days, I'll be back to full capacity. But yeah, life kind of, and you know, what's also, you know, also I feel like God loves me because every time I get my period, I swear clients cancel. people like it always it never fails it's either on a Saturday or Sunday or Mm. that day like it's pretty mellow like it always seems to happen 95% of the time and I'm always you're lucky I'm always grateful I'm like thank you God yeah (laughs) because you know (laughs) that my brain is not going to be able to function today (laughs) yep yep and so that there's room for us right to show up more for ourselves and uh and take that, like carve that space, sacred space out for ourselves. So Absolutely. It's, an, mm-hmm. it's magical when you're able to really tune into it and be like, okay, like it's, I find it to be really rewarding because I, I know that I'm, I'm using, I'm moving through life on my own rhythm to my mm-hmm. own drums yeah. and not to anyone else's. And I'm so grateful that I work for myself that I could create I can merge the two right sometimes you don't have a choice like if you're working for somebody else and you have a presentation on the day of your period mm-hmm. there's nothing much you can do about that yeah. um so I feel very blessed to be able to like create those kinds of moments but even if you are working for someone else you can still create mm-hmm. things within that framework of um yeah so it's a work in progress I'm so excited for your work I think that's so magical and women so need it and thank you so much for being on the show how can people find you and work with you yeah thanks for asking Kareem so um you can find me in lots of places (laughs) uh on Instagram I'm yoga goddess zh Um, my website's yogagoddess.ca Uh, We have a monthly meditation on Facebook every full moon. Um, And you can, uh, when you go to my website, yogagoddess.ca, there's a bunch of free resources that you can sign up for. So whether it's uh, fertility related, I have an ebook called Fertility Secrets of the Female Body, or whether it's more about understanding your menstrual cycle's connection with the moon, Uh, You can download my Decode Your Cycle PDF. Um, And on Facebook, if you want to join the monthly meditations, uh, you can find us at uh, Yoga Goddess Support Circle on Facebook. Um, Either way, whichever route you take, you'll, um, you'll be able to download something, you know, join the community uh, and become part of like, basically healing your, uh, your relationship to the feminine, whether it's because of fertility or your menstrual cycle. Um, yeah, those are the ways. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was magical and amazing. And I love your energy and I love the work that you're doing. And so, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Corrine. I really appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.